0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: For this carol song.
0: We've got a bunch of carols for you this morning. And can you stand up and praise God right now?
1: Sing it together, Chad. Come on.
2: church I know you this one I know you hear this one I want to hear you sing it come on first know up let's sing this
1: we
3: Church, you can take a seat, say hi to someone next to you. Maybe you came with some family and friends, give them a little hug. It's cold, warm them up a bit. My name is Jessica, and I am part of the team here at Active, and can I say, you came on a really fun Sunday, because today is Cocoa and Carols. We just sang the carols, and I hope you got some cocoa on the way in. If you didn't, don't worry. We have plenty for you to go grab after service, so grab the kiddos, get them a nice hot cup of hot cocoa, because we just love Christmas around here, and we want to celebrate a big with an extra sweet hot cocoa made with love by our coffee team so if you see them around give them a high five because they did an incredible job I might have already had two cups I might need to slow down a little bit (laughs) man I am so excited for this Sunday morning friends I cannot believe all that God has done in this past year First of all, it's almost Christmas. It is literally coming up next weekend. But before we get into that, this Sunday is also special because it is First Step Sunday. So right across the way, there's a room called the events room. You'll see a big yellow signs. We are saving you a seat. Friends, First Step is special to my heart because it really was that uh, launching point for me to realize like, hey, this is home. And this is where I wanna invest my time in. And now my husband's here, we're building a family here. It is, it's awesome. And what it is, is really a space for you to realize what we do here at Active. You see the heart behind what we do, you hear our story, you get to meet the team. And so if you haven't yet joined us, or maybe you have before, come see us again at First Step right across the way, right after this service. This coming Tuesday, December 20th, is my favorite service that we ever do at Active Youth. It is our 2022 Youth Wrap-Up. We've had an incredible year at Active Youth, an incredible summer, and now we get to celebrate this entire year together. So if you are in middle school or high school, this is the service that you need to get to, okay? Christmas buffet is happening. And let me give you a sneak peek of that Christmas buffet. Two words, uh, one word, Chick-fil-A, okay? The Lord's Chicken will be there on Tuesday at 6.30. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, we are going to have an abundance of chicken sandwiches and so much more fun as we celebrate what God is doing in the lives of middle school and high school students. This Tuesday at 6.30, bring your ugly sweater because we're having a contest. We're going to give away some fun stuff. I hope to see you this Tuesday. Now speaking of Christmas, like I said, it's coming up this weekend, which means Christmas Eve is this Saturday. And here at Active, we've designed three incredible services for you and your family and friends to enjoy, 2, 4, and 6 p.m. We believe that there is hope, joy, and peace to be found in this season, and we wanna spread that message as far as we can. We also believe that you have influence, and your friends and family, they need your invite. People are looking for somewhere to be on Christmas Eve, and why not let it be here as we celebrate what Jesus brings to this world? So here's what I'm gonna ask. Let's take a moment and pause. I want you to think about your friends, coworkers, family members that you would love to see sitting next to you on Christmas Eve. And I want you to, as you think about those names and those stories, get your phones ready. Get get your phone calls ready to go, your FaceTime's ready to go, the text messages ready. Go on our social media, send them our graphics for our Christmas Eve stuff, or a quick text that says, hey, I'll be at Active on Christmas Eve. I would love to have you sitting next to me. Don't underestimate the power of your invite because you never know how it can change the course of someone's life forever. So we hope to see you and your family on Christmas Eve at 2, 4, and 6 p.m. If it's your first time with us at Active, thank you. Thank you for being here. You came on a great day, free hot chocolate. What better Sunday to come, right? If do us a favor, out in the lobby, there's something called Guest Central. Come visit us over there. We love to get to know you and give you a free gift just for saying thank you for being here. Friends, this Christmas Eve, we're gonna be sharing a story from our friend Jordan about how Active Recovery and the story of Jesus changed her life forever, but today, We're gonna give you a sneak peek at the story. So would you point your attention to the screen? It was literally minutes away from divorce and being separated from my children. And now I'm proud of my marriage and you know, we work together (laughs) weekly on how we can be better. And it's I never could have imagined where my life would be. And all I did was show up. I would have never accepted Jesus into my life if I hadn't received the unconditional love that I have here. If I could have any wish, it would be that someone would come through those doors before they hit rock bottom and before they get to the point that I was. Just just try, just show up, see what it's about and keep coming back. I'm Jordan and this was my better story. Jordan's story. You can hear the rest of that on Christmas Eve, again, 2, 4, and 6 p.m. We are going to hop into the next part of our service as we continue on in our series, There is Joy. Would you point your attention to the screen one more time?
4: To be at church today. I'm happy to see you at church today. If we haven't met, my name is Mike and I serve as the lead pastor and would love for you to stop by and hang out with us at First Step right after this service. We'll hang, no money down, no obligation. You don't need to leave a credit card or anything like that. It's just an opportunity to hear about the values of active and learn to get involved and there are cupcakes and so we would love for you cupcake to get a cupcake today and they're delicious because my wife made them and i'm not paid to say that it's actually true i just want you to know so i'm excited to see you at first step today hey before we dive into the 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 scriptures and talk about jesus today i want to do two things first you've heard about christmas eve uh, but christmas day we're going to be completely online that day but we have something incredible for you on Christmas Sunday. Uh, We have these boxes, these gift boxes that are available to you. If you didn't get one last week, you can grab one this week out in the lobby. And they're going to be central to your Christmas morning experience with your family. We want to help you start a new tradition. Tiff and I have a great message for you that Sunday. So make sure you grab one of those boxes. And then the following Sunday, New Year's Sunday, will be strictly online as well. And so you'll be able to watch and listen and engage online that day. And then we're back on January. January 8th, and we're starting a brand new series. And we're gonna be talking about relationships and giving relationship help for every relationship and talking about what Jesus talks about when we get into relationships. So I'm really excited about that conversation and wanna invite you back in the new year to be with us. One of the things that we do as a church each and every week is we practice this intentional generosity by giving of a tithe. But, but I want you to know that the way that you have been generous just in this last year is really extraordinary. Just last week, we gave over 200 gifts to the Heart Matters Foster Agency because you decided to provide Christmas for these kids. And... We have said this to you before, but in case you missed it, we couldn't keep the tags on the tree long enough. Like second service is really mad at you. And so we're going to talk about forgiveness and repentance. Well, we're going to talk about repentance in this service and forgiveness next service so that they won't be mad at us and that we can actually have a healthy relationship with them. But every time that they went to the tree, there were no tags. Because you were so generous and everybody was excited about this. And so they came last week and picked up those gifts. And I want you to know that they were thrilled. They were excited. We've actually talked about doing two intentional things with them in the next year. We talked about doing maybe a possible Easter egg hunt with the kids that we have provided Christmas for. And then they are going to be here at our Trunk or Treat next October. So you'll be able to meet some of the kids that you provided Christmas for at the Trunk or Treat. so I'm thrilled to tell you that we have a great partnership with the Heart Matters organization. What I love about this church is that anytime we've invited you to the table, to, to give, to practice generosity, you have, you have stepped up, you've risen to the occasion and each and every week we talk about how important it is for us to be generous, but intentionally generous, not just randomly generous. And that's what the tithe really is. And many of you practice the tithe, the first 10%. My wife and I practice that, our team, our elders practice that, where we give the first 10% of our resources back to the local church. And that's what helps fund what we do here. When things are free, like the Christmas kickoff, it's because of your collective generosity. When Trunk or Treat is free for our community and over 5,000 people show up, it's because of your generosity. When we have almost 500 kids show up to our kids blitz in the summer, it's free because of your generosity. And I'm I'm grateful for you. And so I want to invite you to give today. But I want to invite you to, to think about what it is that you could give maybe over and above what you normally give. We've shared with you four initiatives that we have for 2023. We want to refresh our kids playground, we wanna renew our patio area, we wanna invest in the next pastors and leaders here at Active Church and we wanna provide hope to those refugees that are having to escape Ukraine and Russia. And we've got a goal of raising $200,000 within the next year to do all of those things. And I'm believing that today we we can really tackle that goal and make a big dent in that goal with our collective generosity. But I wanna tell you why the fourth initiative, the refugees from Ukraine and Russia is so precious to me and so important to me. Heather and Jenya Shulgin are pastors from Russia. They've served at a church called Petra for almost 10 years and they've been in St. Petersburg, Russia for over 20. We've been personal friends in that time and they have been supported by you over that time as well. And they had to escape when war was declared. And they've had family and friends that have needed to escape. Their entire church has needed to leave. And not only have they left, but they have now been a refugee home of hope for those that have left Ukraine. And over the last six months, our church has provided resource to them to buy a moving truck so that they could pick up furniture to provide a space, a home for these refugees that are coming to Southern California with no money and the clothes on their back. We have provided space for these families to make sure that they have food and first month's rent. It's, it's been an incredible, incredible story. And so we really, through prayer and preparing, we really felt like we could really make sure that we put a dent in this refugee crisis as a church and raise $50,000 of the 200,000 that we wanna raise in the next year to be able to help love and serve those that are escaping Russia and Ukraine. And then this week, As we were praying and talking about this and we've laid it before you, Heather sent us a message and some family members, some friends from their church have just arrived in Southern California. And there's a phrase that those in Russia are saying to those who have left Russia, those who have left to protect their lives, to find hope, to not serve in an unjust war there's a phrase that the homeland Russian people are saying to those that have left. And it's this phrase, outside of your homeland, no one likes you, no one needs you, and no one is waiting for you. And Heather said when they were at the airport and greeting this next couple that has finally arrived here, it took them over two months to get to the States. The friend of Heather just wept in the airport. And she said, this is the phrase that has just been playing in my mind over and over and over and over again. And then here are you and Jenya and your kids, and you are waiting for us, and you do see us, and you do care about us. Friends, this was just a reminder of how important it is that the people of God actually do what God commands and that we serve the other because God has served us. This is why this initiative is so precious to me. And I wanna invite you to consider as you give today, what it might be that you could give over and above what you normally give so that we could knock out this one particular initiative, maybe today. Maybe we could just raise the resource we need to be able to give it away to these families, to Heather and Xenia, so that these people know that people see them and care about them and they are loved by the people of God because God loves them. And so as you consider end of the year giving, maybe you're a business owner and you need a write-off, this would be a great thing to give. If maybe you know a business owner that needs a write-off, this would be a great initiative to give to you. All of them are listed on our website, under our giving link, there's a drop down menu. And when you click on one of those giving links, it'll take you right to a place to give. Thank you to those who have already given each of those initiatives. Today, I wanna invite you to give. And there's three ways you can do that. If you are here in the room, you can drop off cash or check in the boxes in the lobby. You can go to our website, activechurches.com and click the give link to give, or you can text the amount to the number on the screen. Each of those opportunities are safe and secure, and each of those opportunities provide hope to the world and help us to take the next step. Friends, this is what we do together. This world changes, our worlds change, our cities change, lives are changed because God uses us to resource what it is that we're doing together. And so I wanna invite you to the table today to give with us. And if you can't give today, but maybe there's an over and above gift you wanna give, just make sure that it's, it's given before the end of the year so that you get credit for it. And then we would love to use that to tell better stories in our community and in the world. Thank you. For your generosity i want to pray some words over us and then we're going to dive into the story of god together and so heavenly father we want to stop and pause and pray first for the shulgans friends pastors dear people who love you and love your people we ask God that you would continue to use them to be a beacon of hope in this world and that we could financially support them in a way that would be extraordinary and overwhelming. And I ask heavenly father that you would remind us of how much you've given us and that we would be people that would give what we can with happy and joyful hearts. Thank you for the gift it is to be a part of active and a part of the kingdom of God. We pray in the next few minutes that you would help us to have our eyes open to joy, that we would see it, feel it, and experience it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray all of these things and together we say amen and amen and amen. We have been in a series called, There is Joy, because at Christmas time, there is supposed to be joy. Am I right? There's supposed to be a time of joy. We're supposed to see it and feel it and experience it. But the problem is for a lot of us, we're not seeing it, feeling it or experiencing it. And it might just be because of choices that we have made or choices that have been made upon us or situations and circumstances around us. We find ourselves living in a season of life that we didn't expect or anticipate. There was a great loss. Or maybe we're just struggling to see what the joy really is. We know that this season was introduced as good news of great joy for all people and we don't deny that or dismiss that. We're just not seeing it. We're just not feeling it. We're just not experiencing it. And so over the last few weeks, we've been asking questions to help us step into what joy actually is. In week one, we asked the question, where do we find joy? In week two, we asked the question, how do we live with joy? Last week, we asked the question, how do I know that joy is leading me? If you need to be reminded of those messages or you missed any of those messages, they are on our YouTube page and they're also available on our our podcast and they, they speak directly to those questions to help us to see and feel and experience joy during Christmas. Today, I wanna bring a fourth question to you a question about what joyful people do. And the question is this, what do joyful people do? Like what kind of decisions do joyful people make? Because I'd like to know if I'm making joyful decisions and I think that you'd like to know if your decisions are covered in joy and motivated by joy and moved by joy. And so I wanna talk about our decision making today. Did you know that you and I for the most part, make at least 35,000 decisions every single day. Now, that's not everybody that makes those decisions. There is a group of humans that make more than that. That group of humans are called mothers because mothers make double the amount of decisions every single day and you know why and in case you don't know why let me tell you because they're making personal decisions for themselves but then they're also making relational decisions for everybody in their family aren't they because nobody can find anything that's in the cupboard or in the bedroom but mom knows right nobody offers to make dinner they just ask mom what's for dinner right And so for the most part, many of us are making 35,000 decisions every single day. But mamas, you're making like 75,000 decisions every single day. And each decision comes with varying consequences. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not so good. Each decision we are making has an impact and it has influence on us and those around us. Sometimes when we make a decision, we consider what it will do to us and what it will do to those around us. And other times when we make decisions, we haven't even thought about its consequences because we just needed to make a decision. And we were tired of hearing all of these other people not make a decision, or we know that something needs to happen. And so we've just decided that we're gonna be the ones that cause the something to happen. We make over 35,000 decisions every single day. And then on top of that the the thing that really shakes me and stirs me and causes me to really consider what decisions i'm making and perhaps even what decisions you're making in your life is that you and i have no idea what hangs in the balance of our decisions meaning we don't get to see the consequences or the results of our decisions until we actually make the decision right Maybe this is why we can't decide where we want to go and eat, right? Maybe because we feel the pressure of it. Maybe because we're so exhausted. Maybe because we just don't want to make another decision. 35,000 in one day is our limit. I don't wanna make 35,000 in one. So I'm gonna ask you, where would you like to eat tonight? Oh, I don't care. Where would you like to eat tonight? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. I'll eat wherever you wanna eat. Why don't you pick? No, no, you pick. I don't wanna make the decision. You decide where we want to eat. Okay. How about? this place no i don't want to eat there but i thought you said that i could pick yes and you picked wrong right like that's the conversation that's the conversation we have right and maybe it's not because we just don't know where to go maybe it's because we're just all done with making decisions right maybe it's why uh, for some of us we just choose not to lead others i don't want to be in charge i don't want to be responsible I don't wanna go near that. I don't wanna have that fall on me. I'm already making decisions about my family and my home and my business and I don't think I wanna make any more decisions. You and I make more than 35,000 decisions every single day. And truthfully, I personally want to make decisions that matter. I wanna make decisions that are good. I wanna make decisions that are wise because I wanna lead myself well, and I wanna lead others well. And if I can't lead myself well, then I, am, I have no business leading others at all. And I want you to do the same thing in your life and in your relational world. I want us, I want us to make wise decisions because I'm I'm convinced that's what joyful people do. Joyful people make wise decisions. And so today I wanna spend a moment looking at one of the most important decisions in all of scripture that's found in the Christmas story. It's a decision that Joseph made. And we're gonna discover what that decision is or be reminded of what that decision is. But as we talk about it, I wanna work through how you and I can actually make wise decisions. And so if you have a Bible with you or you have access to the Bible app, I wanna invite you to turn to Matthew's letter. Matthew chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 18. Matthew is a follower of Jesus. He was a tax collector before he was a follower of Jesus. Jesus invited him to follow him and Matthew did. And he wrote down all of his experiences so that you would know that Jesus is Lord like he knows that Jesus is Lord because of what he saw and what he heard and what he experienced. This isn't a once upon a time story. This is a factual, historical, this actually happened. You can Google it check me kind of story that Matthew writes. And he spends some time telling us the story of what happened that first Christmas and I want to work that through together today. Matthew chapter 1 starting in verse 18 reads this way, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now we all know this story, even if we're not a church person, even if we're not a follower of Jesus, we're familiar with this Christmas story. And here's what's really interesting about Mary and Joseph. They were pledged to be married. They were engaged and preparing to get married. In that culture, if you were pledged or if you were engaged, you were essentially married. And they would just wait to be sexually intimate until they actually celebrated on the wedding day, in a good Jewish ceremony, you would stand underneath what they called the chuppah or the chupa, and it was a representation of God's glory over you. And it was an announcement by the husband and the wife that this doesn't work unless God is involved. And because they were pledged, because they were engaged, in the Jewish culture, this decision wasn't just a Mary and Joseph decision. It was a family decision. Like Joseph didn't decide to find a really fancy photographer and go to the beach and then do a whole engagement moment with Mary and get a couple of friends around. What needed to happen in this culture is that Joseph's family would engage with Mary's family and they would have a conversation about what this relationship would look like and what would be exchanged and how things would work. It was a family communal decision. Some of you were like, I'm glad I'm not Jewish and born in that time, right? Because you don't want your family making decisions about your relationships at all. But in this time, it was actually a really healthy and holy way forward, because the Jewish people saw themselves as we over me. And here's why that was so important. In this Jewish culture, if you were to be pledged or engaged, the groom would tell the bride, that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and bring you home with me." And then Joseph would leave as the groom. And he would build on his family's house a luxury suite for his sweetheart before she came back. In that culture, it would be totally normal to see grandpa and grandma, mom and dad, brother's family, sister's family, all sorts of grandkids, all in the same home and Joseph would build a luxury suite an add-on room for him and his wife and their future family and then when it was all finished he would grab his groomsmen and his family and they would line the streets of the city and they would parade with noisemakers back to get Mary, so that he could fulfill his promise. And this parade was spectacular. It was almost as good as the Ukaipa Christmas parade. Wow. Almost, all right? Almost. And Joseph would march back to grab his bride, his love, and all of his groomsmen would go with him. And you would hear it, you would see it, you would want to come out and watch it. It was a celebratory moment. And Joseph would grab his wife and they would march back to his home and they would have the ceremony. Sometimes the ceremony would last four to seven days and they would party because they were celebrating what God had put together, let no man tear apart maybe some of the language that I use there was really familiar to you especially if you're familiar with the scriptures like the part where I said Joseph would say to his bride I go to prepare a place for you in fact those words are spoken by Jesus in John's letter Jesus said to his disciples and ultimately to me and to you that he goes to prepare a place for us in heaven and one day he will come back to get us and bring us to him, bring us home. Because for Jesus, the marriage covenant is a small picture of what the relationship is like with God, our heavenly father. In other words, what we are to Jesus, we are his, bride and he is our groom there is unconditional sacrificial love between us and our savior and the way that God designed marriage was to be a small reflection of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ are you with me this is why if we're married let's get it right and let's race to the back of the line and that's love like Jesus has loved us Joseph would parade to go and get his wife. And as he was preparing for all of this, Matthew tells us, but before Mary and Joseph came together intimately, sexually, she was found to be pregnant and Joseph knew that he was not the father. And this would have been devastating to him. He would have been heartbroken, just like you and I would have been heartbroken. And we're not told how he actually found out. We're just told that he knows. And what Matthew tells us in verse 19 is because Joseph was faithful to the law which is God's law because he's a worshiper of God he did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace so he had in mind to divorce her quietly because they were seen in the eyes of the community as married they just needed the celebration but Joseph finds out that she's pregnant he's not the dad and so he's heartbroken but he also loves his wife and he wants to honor God and so he wants to divorce her quietly. It's interesting in that culture if you wanted to get a divorce at that particular time, only the guy could initiate the divorce. And for centuries in the Jewish culture, the guy could just say to the wife that he is done with, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you and walk away. The woman couldn't do anything. She would be left destitute, perhaps even with kids if they had kids. And so Jesus actually has this conversation with the religious leaders at one point in the gospels. And he mentions that because our hearts are hardened and because we refuse to love each other unconditionally like God loves us, Moses, the prophet, allowed you to have a certificate of divorce. Here's what Jesus is saying. Even if you try to mess it up, I'm going to be present and be your Messiah in the mess. That sometimes relationships can fall apart because we're imperfect. But in that, Jesus gave permission to Moses to create a certificate of divorce that would not allow the man to leave his wife, his ex-wife, destitute. Because he's tired of her or because he doesn't care about her. He had to care for her even if he wasn't married to her. Joseph knew these rules, but he didn't want to actually violate Mary at all or dishonor her. And so he was going to make a decision to divorce her because his heart is broken. But Matthew tells us that the story is not over yet. But after, in verse 20, after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So at some point, Joseph lays down to take a nap or to go to sleep. And God speaks to him in that dream through an angel. And isn't it just like God to show up in some of our hardest and heaviest moments? The Psalmist describes those hard and heavy moments and God showing up this way, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. God sees and God is present, God knows. It it is not something that has been missed by God, even if you feel missed by God or by others. And Joseph in this dream hears from God. And there's something that he did that we'll talk about in just a moment, but I wanna share what happens next in verse 21. The angel continues and says Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin and all of this took place to fulfill what God had said through the prophet he's talking about the prophet Isaiah and you can read his document in the Old Testament the virgin will conceive this is what Isaiah wrote the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us can you imagine going from desperate heartbreak to extraordinary excitement in a moment because that's what happened with Joseph. God shows up and brings clarity to his situation because Joseph needed some clarity and then God clearly communicates exactly what he's about to do. He says, Joe, I need your your attention, bro. I need your attention. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if it actually sounded like that or not. But here's what he's saying. Joe, you're gonna be... A dad and Mary's gonna be a mom but not in the way that you know how this works not in the way that it works for every other human you're gonna be a dad and the son that you're gonna have is gonna be the son of God and Mary is gonna be a mom and the, the, the son that she is going to have is going to be the son of God and you on earth are going to raise this Jesus that's what I want you to call him raise him he is going to be the Messiah the Savior Savior, the one that you've been waiting for, the one who will redeem and renew and restore. And Joseph, you're not going to be one of many people that will follow Jesus. Joseph, you're going to get a front row seat because you're going to be the dad. You're going to be the one that's with him when he's born. You're going to be there when he first walks, when he says his first words when you drop them off at the first day of school Joseph you're gonna be there when he calls his first disciples and does his first miracle Joseph you're gonna be the one that cares for my son you're gonna be a dad and you're gonna be a dad like no other dad ever this is his dream have you ever had a really good dream and when you woke up, you were like, can I just go back to sleep again and dream that? Or is, was that real life? Because if that was real life, that's awesome. And I have to imagine Joseph as human as me and as human as you may have had a moment where he was like, is, is this reality? Is this true? And Matthew tells us that at one point, Joseph realizes all of this is reality. All of this is true. Because when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. Joseph made a decision and it was a wise decision. And here's the decision he made and here's why it was so wise. Joseph decided to do what God asked him to do. Joseph decided to be obedient. Joseph decided to submit. Joseph decided to surrender because God is worth your obedience. He's worth your submission and he's worth your surrender because he is your heavenly father. He will not abuse you. He will give you purpose and he will do life with you. And Joseph in this moment makes a wise decision, not just in making a decision to honor God. But Joseph takes all of what he knows in this moment and he uses it to his benefit. Joseph takes what he's been through, Joseph takes what he's going through, and Joseph takes what he's hoping for, and he uses that as a filter to help him to make a wise decision. Perhaps he even asked the question that we should all ask when we're making big time decisions, and it's this. What's the wise thing to do? And here's how you make the wise decision. You first go back to your past. And consider in light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing for me to do? All of us in the room and online, we all have past experiences. And sometimes we buy into the lie that just because we've been through it, it means that we have the ability to speak to it. But that is not true at all. You know what gives us the ability to speak to what we've been through and and how we see it in other people's lives when we actually learn from our past and grow from our past you know this to be true Because there are people in your life, maybe you're the people in your own life that has been through a lot of nonsense in life. Maybe you caused it or it was caused upon you. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was bad. And they assume that they can speak into all of those experiences and they can bring some wisdom. But reality is, is you're not listening because you see them continuing to do the same things over and over and over and over again. They're not learning. They're not growing. You know what the problem is? They're not evaluating their experiences. If you want to speak wisdom into the world and into relationships, if you've been through something good or bad, it's important to pause and evaluate what you've been through so that you can pull out what will benefit you and those around you. You wanna be somebody that can speak to the next generation? Don't tell the next generation, well, I was a teenager once. Tell the next generation, here's what I learned and here's how I'm growing. Because you evaluated what you've been through and now you're using it as a benefit to those that you love and those that you lead. Joseph does that. Wise people do that. In light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing for me to do? And then you look at what you're going through right now. In light of my present circumstances and my current state of mind, what's the wise thing for me to do? Meaning that there are some times where you probably shouldn't make a decision in that moment. Are you with me? Because you're too emotional, you're too close to it, you're too stirred up by it, Do you do do what I do? That when you're so irritated and you're so frustrated that you suddenly like pull rank, you try to throw down authority? I'm dad, here's what we're doing. This is it, right? I'm mom, no arguments. You shut your mouth, you better not talk to me anymore. This is what we're doing, right? We have those moments. And you know what we're doing in those moments? We're not making wise decisions, we're making emotional decisions. Irritated decisions. I'm sick of this and I'm sick of you decisions. That's not wisdom It's the reality of being a human And being a sinful human But that's not going to help us be wise Maybe maybe you need to pause when you're making a big decision because your mental health needs you to process friends You should honor those that say to you, can you give me just a few minutes or maybe a couple of days to really think this through? Honor them because what they're saying to you is, if I make a decision right now, it won't be wise and I wanna make a wise decision. And then in light of your future hopes and dreams, what do wise people do? Like, where do you wanna be? Will this decision help you to get to where you want to be? I was driving into, church today and i was listening to the radio and i'm a uh, radio flipper i'll just go to different channels whether it's spotify or whether it's on the radio and i and i stopped on one station and it was garth brooks and he was singing about how the thunder rolls and there's a moment in the song where he sings about a husband who has been cheating on his wife and She's worried about him, doesn't know where he is. And finally in the middle of the night, he comes home and she embraces him and was glad that he was alive, but then she smelled the perfume of somebody else. And Garth says, and the thunder rolls, right? And, and in that moment, in that moment, in that m- car as I'm singing out loud with my windows up because you don't want to hear that but I'm singing out loud as I'm driving in I thought about this conversation that guy in that song wasn't thinking about where he would want to end up he wasn't considering a healthy holy marriage in the future he was just allowing himself to make decisions for himself right now in this moment wise people go does this get me where I want to be does this help me to become what God has created me to be what's the wise thing to do and, and then I don't want you to miss what Joseph did Joseph paused long enough to fall asleep meaning that he didn't immediately go okay I'm going to go divorce Mary here I go But Joseph wrestled with those emotions and those feelings and he didn't immediately make that decision. Which is what wise people do, they pause because isn't it true that too often we rush from one decision to the next? And I've learned that rushed decisions are never wise decisions. Now, you might be asking, so what you're saying, Mike, is that I should pause before every single decision that I've ever made or that I will make? That seems like it's going to take a long time. And and hear me very clearly, I'm not telling you that you should pause and really ponder and pray through, should I do peanut butter or peanut butter and jelly on this sandwich? I'm not sure what would, would it it be good with this kind of cheese or that kind of cheese? Some of you need to make quick decisions when it comes to that, especially when I'm behind you in the restaurant at line because I'm hungry, all right? But remember that this isn't an everyday decision for Joseph. This is a life-changing decision for Joseph. And he didn't wanna rush through it. And so at some point he laid down and fell asleep. And that is when God spoke to him because we wait for God to speak to us as we live a life that's going 100 miles an hour. How come God doesn't speak to me And I think God would respond with, oh, I'm talking, you're just not paying attention. You know how many times somebody will come up to me after a service on a Sunday and go, I felt like you were talking directly to me. Were you spying on me this week? The answer is yes. (laughs) But more importantly, what you need to know is that the reason why you heard something is because you stopped and you paused and you showed up. This is why we show up. This doesn't get you into heaven, friends. God doesn't like you more because you showed up or because you're watching online. You decided to give time to hear from the power of God's spirit to your heart and to your mind and so did Joseph. Have you ever regretted a decision? (laughs) That's a stupid question. Have you ever regretted a decision? Yeah, of course you have, right? Like I should have put peanut butter and jelly on the sandwich. Dang it, it would have been so much better. The reason why you and I regret decisions is because we didn't pause and give time to consider the wise thing. And can we just take this a little bit further? What if Joseph didn't do that? What if Joseph rushed over to Mary's house and told her it's over? instead of pausing instead of resting instead of processing what if joseph just said i'm done what would happen to him what would happen to mary what would happen to jesus what would have happened to you what would have happened to, to me this is why this is why pausing and processing in those major decisions is so important because you're giving yourself a moment to consider what wise people do. Remember, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decisions. And you might find out after you make the decision, but never before. And for Joseph, you know what he discovered hung in the balance of his his decision? Our joy, because our joy is in Jesus. If he didn't say yes to God, our joy hung in the balance. Now you might be like, wait, 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 wait. So are you telling me that God couldn't have done what God did at Christmas time if Joseph said no? No, I'm not telling you that at all. God is sovereign, God is good, God is wise, God is strategic, God knows, and God does what God wants to do because his will is good, his purposes are good. And God could have done whatever he wanted if Joseph went, nah, God would have made a way. But I don't want you to miss this. God wanted to make away with Joseph. not around him. Not with somebody named Mike. That doesn't sound good for the Christmas story, right? Mike and Mary? Actually, that's not too bad, right? <laughs> God wanted Joseph. God wanted to make away with Joseph, and he wants to do the same thing with you this is why it's important for us to decide to be wise like what do you what do you consider when you're about to make a really big decision relationally in your business spiritually as a parent do you do you consider past evaluated experience and present Mental health and circumstances and future hopes and dreams Do you do you think about The people around you That may be able to speak directly to you about some of the most important things in your life I've discovered that Joyful people are wise because joyful people make decisions based on where they want to be Happy people struggle with wisdom because happy people make decisions on what they want right now. And yeah, we wanna be happy, but, but joy is greater than happiness because joy doesn't change because our savior doesn't change. He is faithful and good and the same yesterday, today and forever. And our joy is placed in him. And Joseph wanted that, I want that. And I'm believing that you want that too. We make 35,000 decisions every single day, at least. And we don't know what hangs in the balance of our decisions. So instead of being unthoughtful or unintentional, what if we decided to do the wise thing? The next time that you're about to make a a life-altering, life-changing, heavy decision that doesn't just impact you, but impacts others, your family, your friends, your spouse, your kids, your business. I believe that the best way forward would be to consider these three things. In light of my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? I'm... I'm evaluating what I've been through so that I can speak very honestly, vulnerably, and with wisdom and using what I've been through to grow and to learn. In light of my current circumstances and state of mind, what's the wise thing for me to do? Do I have the mental capacity to handle this in a moment? Do I need a moment? And in light of my future hopes and dreams, What's the wise thing for me to do? Friends, we are here because Joseph did the wise thing. And in his story, the wise thing was that he listened and obeyed. And maybe perhaps for all of us, that's the wise thing that we can do when it comes to what God is inviting us into. Giving and serving and. Investing and loving. But, but maybe it might change a bit for whatever it is that you're facing. You've got a relational issue. What's the wise thing to do there? You've got a parenting struggle. What's the wise thing for you to do there? You're thinking about a new job, but you're afraid to leave this job because it's a good paying job. And this one may not be, but this one fits more of how you're wired and fits your purpose. And so you're wondering, what do I do? Well, what's, what's the wise thing to do? When we're making big, life-changing, life-altering decisions, we don't know what hangs in the balance. So why wouldn't we pause and consider the wise thing? And not just consider our past experience and our present circumstances and our future hopes, but maybe perhaps God has been intentional in surrounding you with some really great people that you could go, I I have no idea how to do this and I need your help. There's a prayer that Tiffany and I have been praying together really since the beginning of our relationship, not even marriage, but dating. And it's a simple prayer that I that I totally ripped off from somebody else. There's a pastor named Andy Stanley. He preaches at a church called North Point Community Church in in Atlanta. And and I've been watching and listening to Andy and he's been an encouragement to my heart. We've been able to connect with his organization and they've shared some stuff with us and helped us to take next steps. It's been really fantastic. But early on as a youth pastor, I, I heard Andy preach a message and talked about this kind of very thing about being wise and making wise decisions. And at the time I was 21 and I wanted to make wise decisions because I was being held responsible for all of these students that were coming on campus and we were going to camp together. And I wanted to make wise decisions with them. And about 80% of the time I did, (laughs) but it was the other 20% of the time that I needed to actually learn from. And so this prayer was one that Andy introduced me to and it's one that Tiff and I have been praying over the last few years and it's simple and it's one that you can pray with your spouse or your family or in your life it's it's this god give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it god in light of what's in front of me give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it god in 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 the heaviness of this season, give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. God, it's been a good year. Would you continue to give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it? Do you know how this could change your your marriage? How this could change your dating life? How this could change your parenting life? God, I I wanna just be open. I I wanna have wisdom and I wanna have courage to do what it is that you've invited me, asked me, commanded me to do. You've entrusted me with these kids, with this spouse, with this significant other, with this business, with this ministry, with this whatever. God, would you give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it? Joyful people are wise people because they make wise decisions. And the reason why they make wise decisions is because they engage and interact with a God who is wise. And they engage and interact with the people that God loves that serve God and follow Jesus who are wise. So friends, when that big decision comes, when you're not sure what to do, pause and ask the question, what do wise people do? I wanna pray some words over you. And then when we're finished praying together, I wanna invite you here in the room to take communion. It's on the sides and in the back, there's a, a cup with a cracker and some juice together. When you grab it, you can bring it back to your chair and you can immediately take it, have a moment of prayer with the one that you came with or maybe personally between you and God. If you're watching online, this is a moment for you to pause. And if you have communion elements to take communion, but it's a moment for you to reflect on what God is saying to you. Maybe it's a moment to ask the question, what do wise people do? What could I do? So I wanna pray for you and then when we say amen, you are dismissed to grab communion today. Heavenly Father, as we consider the the question that's been laid before us today, may we not get stuck in what ifs, May we not get stuck in what could be's, but may we actually decide to honor you and to honor those around around us by doing what is wise and living with courage. May we be people of courage because we're making wise decisions. May we be people that are confident because our decisions are wise. May we not be led with arrogance or pride because our decisions are wise. May we be servants of all people because our decisions are wise. May our marriages be healed because we're making wise decisions. May our kids wanna be around us even if they don't have to be around us because we've decided to be wise Parents, May we be wise grandparents and give love and serve our grandkids. May we be wise activators and serve those that are in our relational circle. May we be wise followers of Jesus and do what it is Jesus has invited us to do. May we take our past experiences and grow and learn. May we take our present mindset and circumstances and really pay attention to if we're in a place to make a good decision. And may we never forget where we want to end up and where you are bringing us to and where you want us to end up. And may we make decisions today that help us to get there tomorrow. May we be wise people like Joseph. May we be wise people because we follow Jesus. May we be wise people because we wanna be people who are courageous and give our lives away. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we say amen and amen and amen. You are dismissed to take communion.
2: Church, sing truly. He taught, truly he taught us to love one another. He's taught is love, and He's taught us His gospel is peace. change how He break for the slave. church it was so good to see you this morning if you're new please stop by guest central on your way out grab some hot chocolate and we have first step across the way we want to see you there we love you active we'll see you next time